And it's all because I said, I want to learn a New York accent and do this scene from Danny and the Deep Blue Sea. And it started with that. And so every single time that I've been in that place of where am I? I'm blocked. Where do I go from here? And that voice is like, read the book and take action. Whatever you can do, take a step. Sam Zenya here. Welcome back to the show. I am beyond excited for you to be joining me today as we chat with our guest, Jennifer Seifert. Jen is my friend, my mentor, and honestly, just one of my favorite humans. And I'm so grateful to have her on the show to talk about healing through creativity. But before we dive into today's episode, just a quick reminder to please subscribe to the show. Whether you are listening on iTunes, Spotify, Audible, Google Play, press that subscribe button so you can stay up to date on episodes. And head on over to patreon.com slash Xenia to join the fam and help keep this show going every single week and get access to exclusive content, behind the scenes content, and early access for my music and writing. Again, that's patreon.com slash X-E-N-J-A. Your support means the absolute world to me. And now it's time for some shameless self-promotion. Have you heard my new electronic EDM single, Running With Wolves? If not, head over to zenya.bandcamp.com to listen to and purchase this moody, mystical single that tells the story of a lone wolf breaking free of all the external noise to let her inner light radiate outwards and stay tuned for the kick-ass music video happening soon. Jennifer Seifert is a Jack Nicholson scholarship award winner and alumnus of the University of Southern California. She's a certified life coach and is an actress, writer, and teaching artist. As an actress, Jennifer is an Ovation Award winner and has worked with theaters such as The Noise Within, Pasadena Playhouse, Shakespeare Festival LA, The Actors Gang, and with Troubadour Theater Company. Jennifer produced her own short film, To Desdemona, Love, Juliet, and can be seen in the Academy Award-nominated film, In America, and opposite Academy Award winner Angelica Houston in Hop. Jennifer continues to tour the country with Playfair and has found a new voice with Expressing Motherhood and Listen to Your Mother. Jennifer is the producer behind the Creativity RX Festivals and the facilitator for the Artist's Way workshops. These festivals have focused on healing through creativity and women and empowerment. Between the hashtag MeToo movement and her own traumatic health event in 2017, Jennifer looked to creativity as medicine for the body, mind, and soul. Jennifer has emerged as a game changer in Altadena, California, and is thrilled to be teaching theater arts again in South Central Los Angeles with CRE and to be facilitating Creativity RX groups. Jennifer is passionate about eliminating gun violence in the nation and has recently supported a number of humanitarian missions with the creation of her film Inside of Feather, as well as raising funds for Moms Demand Action, Habitat for Humanity, the hashtag MeToo movement, Cancer Support Communities, Lunch on Me, and the Georgia Senate runoff through her Creativity RX festivals. I'm kind of obsessed with you. Hi, Jen. Thank you so much for being here. That was long, actually. I was like, wait a second. I should have made some edits. Um, yeah, the, it, it was, it's been 
it's been four years <laughs> that yeah. that this has been happening. And so there are so many missions that I have decided to uh, join and, and beyond. So yeah, absolutely. Really? There's a list. I love it. No, it's, a, it's amazing. And to have all of that within four years is amazing too. Right. When it first happened, I mean, when I say when it first happened and it was November, 2016 and Trump was elected and, um, I hope the fam out there is talking about this, but when he was elected, it was really hard on everybody that I knew in my community, the artists that I knew, because they knew that there was uh, something deeper that was going to happen. I think that was going to shift our whole paradigm. And it has, I mean, we don't have broad, we haven't had Broadway for the last year and this could have been taken care of, you know, well in advance and not, just dismissed as a hoax. So there's so much that has gone into the last four years between like kids in cages and, and um, grab them by the, you know, what's and, and all of that, that led me to have, there was something to fight for all of a sudden, because I got complacent with Obama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did. I was like, yeah, it's good. Like artists, you know, we're all struggling artists and, you know, I just... <laughs> I would, I would do my little exercises and I would, you know, take my, my, my rheumatoid arthritis medication and I'd call it a day, you know what I mean? But then all of a sudden it was like, oh, we have something to resist. Yeah, no, totally. It might be way too soon to say this, but I think the past four years were just a way of like bringing everything, all of the like issues that were swept under the rug like front and center that needed to be talked about needed to be addressed and now we're going to get into that all of my friends who are BIPOC were like we they have been woke forever yeah the rest of us were like oh my god there's there's economic disparity between the you know it it was so eye-opening for me and I felt of course then I felt like I had been ignorant for so long you know and and the shame of that and and realizing that we have a lot of work to do mm-hmm. we have a lot of work to do and it starts I believe it starts with the arts mm-hmm. you know and and creativity because that's where it it all begins for everybody yeah oh absolutely and that's actually where we met because we we met uh in July when I did the Artist Way workshop with you randomly. I had no idea what it was. I had seen our mutual friend, Lindsay Cavett's Instagram post about it. And I was like, I was just like scrolling. I was like, oh, like that would be interesting. Like, wait, what's a blocked creative? Huh, maybe I should do that. But you know, like anything else, just went back to scrolling, ignored it. And then like a week later, I saw the same post or just like another, like another post about it. And I was like, oh, maybe I should actually consider this. Is this the universe telling me to do it? And I, don't, I didn't tell you this part, but <laughs> my therapist was on maternity leave. And so like one of the main reasons that I was like, oh, I should do this was like, well, I need something to do for three months. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. But yeah maternity leave gets in the way, you know? Um. Yeah. And it, it was so great too, because when I talked to Lindsay, who had also directed me in an expressing motherhood, um, she was like, I love Xenia so much. She's so talented. She is 
like, because I kind of vet people, especially when they Google me or if they're a friend of a friend of a friend, you know, and I was like, just tell me about this person. And she, she had just winning beautiful things to say about you. And I thought, sign her up. Let's do it. And now we have a friendship and now we get to, I talk to you every week, you know, it's good. It's good. Yeah. I like, I was thinking about this. I low-key think we're soul sisters because we just like connected you know? my daughter because I'm that old. <laughs> well, then I asked you to adopt me. <laughs> Great. Oh my God. We have of course, you know, there, there's, there's other issues. My husband snores. So he's in that room right now, <laughs> but maybe if he stops snoring, you can come and live with us. Okay. So can we start with what brought you to the artist's way? Where were you in your life prior to it? And, and like, how did you even find it? There were so, okay. So it's been a long process because it was written in the early nineties, I believe. And, um, I mean, I should know this by heart. Right. Um, and then I came to it in 96 when I was a junior, I was in my third year in acting school and I was doing suburbia. We were doing the West coast premiere of suburbia by Eric Bogosian. And, um, my director who's who's actually a, an award-winning director and wrote for Mad Men. And he's incredible. He just did the artist by last year too, because he could online. And um, Michael Uppendahl said to me, he goes, Jen, you're seriously phoning your performance in. And I, I had, I don't know if I'd won the Jack Nicholson award yet, but I was definitely, I would say the top of my class in terms of, you know, the just, um, by award status, whatever that means. And he was like, you are phoning this shit in. And I thought, well, I don't even know what that means. You know, yeah. I, because I was always over dramatizing everything. So phoning it into me didn't seem like it was even plausible. You know, like how could I, as an actress who's over dramatic phone something in? And I, and I realized I had lost the joy of creating the character. I had been just so in the rut of like um, school and finishing up and what am I going to do afterwards? And where am I going to flip burgers because nobody hires theater actresses? You know, I mean, it was really, and I, and I was really depressed. I was going through a serious depression and I was like, of course I'm phoning it in because I don't give a shit. And um, my friend, Pam Cook, who was also in the show and she's, she's working all the time now. She handed me this book and she's like, you have to read this. I think it, it could change your life. And I did. And it did because I started reading it then every couple years after. And it was when I was 25 ish. And I think I told you the story in class where I was like, Oh, take action. Like that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest takeaway from the book for me was take action. And, um, I was like, I think I just want to learn a New York accent because everybody thinks I'm from New York. And I did. Um, and I did Danny in the Deep Blue Sea with um, a guy from class. And I, he ended up saying, you would be really good in this movie that I'm doing with Jim Sheridan, who directed My Left Foot. And I was like, My Left Foot is so good. And um, it, it just, it, it snowballed into this beautiful um we created a video. They put glycerin all over my face to, to send a VHS tape to Ireland. And I got oh the God. part. And it's all because I said, I want to learn a New York accent and do this scene from Danny and the Deep Blue Sea. And it started with that. And so every single time that I've been in that place of where am I? I'm blocked. Where do I go from here? And that voice is like, read the book and take action. Whatever you can do, take a step. 
And so that's what I tell like everybody now. It's like, just write something every day, even if it's garbage, even if it's two lines of garbage, it's the shitty first draft that uh, Anne Lamott talks about, you know, just do it. Yeah. Not, no, not totally. Nike do it. Just, you know, actually like artistry do it. Get yeah, to- no, absolutely. I have a sticky note because I, I do positive message sticky notes. Um, yeah, so good. And, and it's the opposite of negativity is action. It's not positivity, it's action. So yeah, I absolutely agree. Because I think the positivity, unfortunately, lately, positivity is getting a bad rap because um, of the toxic positivity. It's just like, oh, you got to lift yourself up. And you're just like, first of all, the nation is in crisis. Like um, most of my friends are in crisis. I'm in health crisis. Like, how am I going to lift myself up with just being like, just smile. <laughs> sure, the muscles will move and the serotonin levels might trigger a little bit, but it's not going to change my life to walk around with a smile on my face. Although with a mask, it might be easier. <laughs> I mean, that just makes you a jackass. Like, yeah, no, I, I have stories about toxic positivity, which we won't get into now, but I was a toxic positivity person several no, years ago. No, you I, were? I was, I, oh, I know, looking at me now, it's like, wait, what? <laughs> I thought you were emo. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yes, I will tell you about that. At all. <laughs> That's amazing. Can you, um, just explain what the artist way is if, for listeners who may not. Yeah. So Julia Cameron wrote, um, this book, uh, a million years ago and it's called the artist way. And it's basically a 12 step program to unblocking creativity. And so the funny thing about that is, um, you know, so many 12 steppers can really relate to it and get into it. But when we were doing it in person, I encouraged drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I mean, I did it like, but we made it a party every Monday night where each person would host and we would bring, some people would bring a catering truck. Like it was ridiculous. You know, we had people coming in. It was just and wine bottles and and it was mostly women you know for the for the first couple and um I mean the first couple times I did it I did it for free I would say the first five or six times I held the class I did it for free because it was a chance to bond and collaborate with friends and then it started to move on into something that I could actually like throw myself into as a business you know Mm -hmm. if you can call it that but uh, yeah it's um the the week's really focus on different aspects of getting out of that um, rut that people find themselves in when they are stuck. And it could be from, it could be from, um, you know, seriously, a lot of people have PTSD and not just, you know, soldiers. It's, there are so many people with it. And this is what I'm learning in grad school right now, you know, about post-traumatic growth. Part of the process of actually reaching post-traumatic growth is going through creativity. And I'm reading this book called Burnout by um, Emily and Amelia. I don't know how to say their last name. I want to say Nagasaki, maybe. And they talk about the different things that you can do to avoid burnout. And at the last, the last thing they list is get creative. And that means dancing and that means singing and writing music and painting, even if it's crappy, mm-hmm. just get creative. I agree with that. Yeah. I, I think for me, I found one of the most helpful things was that I learned that it wasn't just me. 
Cause I'm, I think I'm so unique and like nobody could possibly understand my issues or even have the same issues. And like the first page after I read, um, the book, like literally on the first page, I was like, oh, wait, this is a thing. I'm not just weird. <laughs> like, yeah, and the weird thing is, is, and this is coming up in my classes right now, like they're in, in week seven. And one of um, the women said, it feels as if she's written the book for me because mm -hmm. every week it like, it opens in week three. It's like anger is fuel. And the people are like, I am angry right now. And you think you're, to yourself, oh, it's just part of the process though. It really is. Like you are going through an outline. And as you start to emerge as this creative, like realizing your creativity and realizing your uniqueness and your authenticity, that's, that's when everything seems to align in synchronicity with the book. You know, it's like, Okay. She had, she had a reason why she, she organized it in such a way, you know? Yeah, no, totally. And clearly like people need it and relate and that's why it's survived for so many years. Perfect. So, I mean, some of like me and, and the other 20 year olds in our group, <laughs> we were chatting <laughs> and we were like, not applicable, but that's okay. <laughs> Well, it's so funny because it's like, I found some of the things that Julia Cameron said, you know, back in the day when I was in my twenties, um, way more palatable than I do now. Mm -hmm. Um, because I do feel like my life has changed so dramatically. You know, I started creativity RX because I got sick after my first born, you know, and, um, and that was when I, I think I probably went through the most serious depression I've ever had because I was in such serious chronic pain that I wanted to die. I was yeah. like, I need an out. I need to get out of here because I'm not helpful for anybody. Like, what am I, what is my purpose on this planet if all I do is lay in bed and cry about being in pain? And that's when I reached for the book again. Mm -hmm. And as, as applicable as it was and how, how much it helped me during that time. She doesn't ever bring up the fact that children take time and energy and mine are home for the last year. You know what I mean? So it's like, you have to really take her words, even though she was a mother and I don't know how she did it. You know, maybe she's just way richer than me and she could afford a nanny, <laughs> but you know, it's like, she doesn't take, take into account certain scenarios that mm -hmm. could could end up blocking you even more if you're not able to to kind of maneuver around what she has to say yeah does yeah. that make sense yeah oh absolutely and amazing segue to creativity rx yeah. how that came to life and i have a confession i did not put together the rx when i for like months like, I'm not kidding. Months. I was like, what, like, what is this? How do I even pronounce this? I, I don't understand. Yeah. And then I like heard you say creativity RX. And I was like, I am so stupid. Like, I no. like so stupid. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. I'm in a branding class right now because, you know, I'm trying to figure out, all right, am I on the right path or whatever? And my branding teacher, who is also my client, because I end up hiring all my clients. This is how it works in my life. <laughs> um, she was like, Jen, what, what is this? Like, what is the X? And I was like, well, look, it's, there's an RX symbol. It's RX symbol yeah. right there. And she, it, it blew her mind. 
she was like, oh, this is, like, it was brilliant once she figured it out. But the fact that you can't figure it out just by looking at it typed is not brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) So I got to figure that out. Everything is online now. No, for sure. For sure. I just have to have the logo, maybe. I don't know. That's a whole nother No, yeah. Like, okay, so for those of my listeners who are just listening and not watching, um, Jen has these journals and they have the, the, the R, the X is like below creativity. So that's why it like makes sense as like healing RX. But yeah, anyways, it's fine. <laughs> um, so, okay. So like how did, and why did you decide to create creativity RX and the festivals? So, um, Creativity RX came out of what I was talking about, where my body broke down. I was diagnosed with two autoimmune diseases in 2010, and uh, I started looking for a way to heal without popping the pill and going back to bed, which sounded great at the time, but it really, like, it didn't motivate me, obviously. So um, I created Creativity RX, and then, like I said, four years ago, when everything started to shift for, uh, you know, four and a half years ago, when everything started to shift, um, when Trump was elected, I realized, oh, we can take this healing further. It's not just about the individual now. Um, and it goes with that Toni Morrison quote, you know, about art is saving civilization. And I thought this, this is, yeah, I think she ends with, um, this is how, oh, I'm going to read it to you. In times of dread, artists must never choose to remain silent. Oh my God, like, right? This is what we're doing. There is no time for despair, no place for self-pity, no need for silence, no room for fear. We speak, we write, we do language. This is how civilizations heal. And that's a Toni Morrison quote. And I, I read that and I thought, then this is my purpose. You know, because all of a sudden we were in disarray and all of a sudden people I knew were falling apart and their relationships were falling apart and um, relationships with family were falling apart because of the different viewpoints, you know? Mm -hmm. And, And so I thought, well, if we can heal ourselves physically and we can inspire ourselves to live a more creative life, then maybe we can make a difference in the world too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so who who's like drawn to creativity rx and the artist way is it just artists or like is there a lot like broader you know at first it was just artists and it was just actors because that's who i knew you know (laughs) actors and directors um my friend barry newport who i went to college with she now runs a, a theater company in maine and um And so she was going through a whole thing with Pasadena Playhouse at the time when she was doing it and they were going bankrupt and she needed, like, it was, that was her link to it. So we had a lot of theater, uh, film people. And then as it started to move on and more and more people found out about it, um, and I mean, I'm pretty limited in Altadena with my audiences, but there were, I had lawyers, um, I have nurses now, I have people who have lived these really full lives who are either changing careers. I have therapists um, changing careers or they are looking to enhance their life with joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I would say creativity. And by doing that, they want to start writing their book that they've been talking about or they want to write their TED talk. You know what I mean? So there's always a reason underlying why they're there. Um, they don't just 
wake up one day and think, I need to read The Artist's Way. There's always a purpose behind it. But um, yeah, it's been really interesting. And, and now because I'm international and it's been online because I didn't do the online shift until last year when I had to, um, I've had, I'd say 10 people from my college class enroll and join from Oregon, from, you know, New York. It's been amazing. Yeah. Well, these people. we wouldn't have met if you hadn't gone online. I know. So you're so far away from me. I, I don't know what took me so long, except that I think I was just scared, which leads me into fear, which is one of the things that I am, you know, going to be kind of combating in the next couple of years with, you know, the, the new curriculums and stuff like that. So, yeah, I was just going to ask about that. So it's called leap, right? Creativity RX is leap. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I kind of picture a frog, but my kid's favorite animal was a frog when he was little. And I was like, leap is good, though, because ballerinas, they leap and, um, you know, you leap and expect the net to appear. Or you hope I was, to- yeah, I was just thinking about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, leap and the net will appear. That was where it came from. But then I started to digress a little bit and I was like, maybe it's too cartoony, but I, I'm going to stick with it. Yeah, no, I like it. So how is it? It's like 2.0 basically, but how is it different from? So we're going to get into when and why people stop being creative. Mm -hmm. Um, And it usually happens in later childhood because um, I just was watching uh, Sir Ken Robinson's TED talk the other day of how education destroys creativity. Um, That's kind of some, you know, research and there's something that happens for adults. It's as we mature, we start to push out the imagination and the creativity. And he says, we all operate from our heads and, and instead of our bodies and our heart and our soul and our essence and our authenticity. And it makes me really sad to think that we've all just kind of blocked ourselves because of PTSD or because of anything else that has happened in our lives. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be, there's going to be some Brene Brown in there. Um, I really love Jen Pasteloff, who is my um, coach right now, my life coach right now. And she wrote on being human. So I'm going to use some of that. We're going to do some found poetry. We're going to do some I am poetry. It's, I'm really looking forward to it. And it's going, I'm hoping we were going to open with failures. I'm teaching the class with Jennifer Collio, who is an extraordinary maker of like furniture and liquor and cocktails. Like it's just, she's amazing. She's like a Renaissance woman um, trapped in 2021. And we were going to start our class with failure. And then we thought, okay, we're, it's going to be second, like quote, second year students, you know, so maybe they'll be feeling more comfortable being vulnerable in front of each other. But then we were like, no, no, you can't, we can't start with, this is my biggest failure. And this is how I feel the, where I feel the most shame. Like, that's just not going to fly. Like she and I can talk about our stories of failure and like open it up from there, but nobody should have to talk about their stuff until we're well into the program. So we're going to, we're going to start a little more gently, I think. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. (laughs) Failure. That's a great one. (laughs) I mean, 
right? I feel as if that's what stops us. We don't want to fail again and again and again and again. Like nobody wants to go through that, but you have to, to grow. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a societal thing where it's like, we're, we're taught that we're not supposed to fail. Well, and it's like, well how are we going to learn and how are we going to grow? I had this interesting epiphany just today um, because I was thinking about that quote, do not fear mistakes. There are none. It's, I think it's Miles Davis. Mm -hmm. And, um, and the reason why I used to love doing shows with Troubadour Theater Company was because when you fucked up, they threw a yellow foul flag and then it became a bit in the show. So you could flub a line and then you got the yellow foul flag and then they came out and made a big old deal about it. And sometimes it turned into an improv in the middle of Much of Doobie Brothers about nothing. <laughs> you know, so you're seeing Doobie Brothers and you're doing Much Ado about nothing in Shakespeare. And all of a sudden you get a foul flag, you know, it, and it was one of those things where I was like, oh, that's why. Because those mistakes were priceless. Sometimes they were the happy accidents that people would walk away from the show and be like, that part was my favorite part of the whole thing because it was authentic. And I think that's what we're missing in life right now is noticing those moments where it's a trip up. I mean, in the, in the movies that I'm making with my kids at, at the school um, that I'm working with, I accidentally was filming them on slow-mo at one point. And I, I mean, and that was like a good 10 minutes of time and we only have 30 minutes um, with each class. And I was like, oh my gosh. But there was this one shot where the wife, the astronaut wife was like, no. And it was in slow-mo and it was the most priceless happy accident ever. And the kids all said in, after the movie, they went, that was my favorite part. When Carol fell over and in slow motion, that was my ultimate favorite part. And I was like, yeah, because that's, that's like theater. That's theater right there. <laughs> you know, the yeah. accidents. And it's like, when those happen, we're not trying to be anything. So it's natural. <laughs> we're being authentic. We're being in the moment. Literally, my best art is accidental. Like, I'll like... <laughs> when I was creating music and, and photography too, it's like, I'll accidentally do something and be like, oh crap, that just messed it up. But then I'll like, listen to it and be like, wait, no, that, yeah, exactly. And like, so I do all my own photography. I, <laughs> I set my, my iPod on video and I'll just go crazy. Like, I will have a photo shoot with myself. And I'm not kidding. The ones that I end up choosing and loving the most are, like, the accidental poses that are in between what I was, like, planning on doing poses. So, yeah, I'm all about the universe just takes me where it wants to take me because it's going to be better. Zenya, I think especially with you, the universe takes you where it's going to take you. It has a tendency to be like, Zenya. <laughs> I just, I feel that about you. Like when you were going through your thing and the traje your trajectory, I can't speak, but trajectory. Um, it, I just, I thought to myself, it, it doesn't usually happen this way. The mm -hmm. dominoes are falling upward for you. And it's really interesting to watch, especially because we're still human and we still question it. Oh, we don't, we don't get it. You oh know? my God. Absolutely. Like 
at least three times, probably four or five during the pandemic and like lockdown and everything. I texted my therapist and I was like, I'm having a psychotic break. So I'm like, I have that like in the back of my mind where I'm like talking to the universe and I'm like, actually, this is just me being psychotic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think I did have a psychotic break, you know, and I had to do the whole hotline thing because the, the quarantine and what's been going on is not normal. No, this isn't normal. It's, it's really horrific. It's really hard on people who are living alone and are in solitude. And yet I look at you and I'm like, if only I could have some solitude. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like there's, so there's no happy medium. Nobody I know is thriving. Nobody I know is thriving. And anybody who says they are, are I'm kind of curious as to what they're doing and what they're taking. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Like give me that to smoke and I will. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay, so we kind of just had a turbulent time 2020. (laughs) What time is it? Uh, 34. Oh, yeah, we still still have time. Um, Because I'm I'm actually, I'm meeting with Olivia. You are? Olivia Rosewood, our favorite person in the world? Really? I'm (laughs) actually obsessed with her. It's fine. So Olivia and I, we have a really fun connection because we connected. I've told you that story. But um, I can tell it. I could tell it again, but <laughs> if you want, it's high drama. Um, but we've known each other for 25 years. Like this is the joy of being on, and she became, she was my life coach about five years ago, right before 2016. And I remember we walked to, we walked in Descanso Gardens, no masks. Cause like I have these weird, I'll be watching a movie and I'm like, why isn't anybody wearing a mask? <laughs> You know what I mean? Um, but I'm thinking I'm having this memory and I was like, Olivia and I weren't wearing masks because it was five years ago. And um, we're walking around and her daughter has cerebral palsy and there's so many issues that come along with that in terms of, um, you know, with this political shift, it was really hard to know like what he was going to do with people with disabilities and everything. And um and then I was just lost. And I remember she said, everything will be okay. Like it's all going to shift and be okay. And she, it's not a toxic positivity with her. She really does just say, breathe, you know, if you can breathe, then you're alive and you're moving forward. <laughs> I yeah. guess, I guess that would be her fault, you know, but I, she is absolutely my favorite person in the whole wide world. She's working with her has been life changing. So I work with her with Tai Chi. She's teaching me Reiki. She's my life coach and like spirituality guru coach also. And like, like I've only been working with her since like the middle of October. And I I wouldn't be where I am without everything that we've been doing. So I feel like with swords too. Oh yeah. And we're doing that now too. (laughs) All of the things. All of them. But yeah, no, I felt like, you know, I would only get so far in therapy and like with like, I studied psychology and still I'm like, no, like there's something else, there's something missing. And it was the spirituality piece of it that I I have such a strong spiritual connection that I, so I grew up Roman Catholic. I was, I was, I grew up in a Catholic household. My father is a deacon. Um, What? This is new information for me. Oh, yes. I don't think I knew that. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, got very far away from it to the point of like 
almost being an atheist, but it just didn't work because I do have such a strong like energetic connection. And so I kind of got into Buddhism and, and just like trying to figure all this stuff out on my own and, and just, it wasn't working. <laughs> so truly to have her and all of her knowledge and everything like has been life changing. And I wouldn't never say that she's religious. Like that's what's yeah. so funny is she's not religious. She's just a spiritual being. I remember when I first met her and I was like, there's something ethereal about this mm. woman. Like maybe she's a fairy, you know, <laughs> but you know, like maybe she's, she's come from a different universe altogether because of just the way she talks. I feel like she's putting a blankie on me. <laughs> Literally, I think I said this to you, like, anytime I hear her voice, I'm just instantly like, I'm cured. You should put a, you should put a link. I'll send you the link to some of her uh, meditations and you should put a link in the, in the, um, whatever we're doing right now. My channel, I know. <laughs> the podcast. This is the, the greatest podcast. episode ever. Wait, okay. So I also didn't know that you were a life coach. So were you like totally offended when I emailed you and was like, Hey, do you know any life coaches? Oh no, because I don't think of myself as, you know, that's so funny because I don't even think of myself as a life coach. I think of myself as a quote creativity coach, whatever that is. Like I made it up maybe Um, because I, you know, I don't know life. I don't know how to do life. I'm just swinging it. Like I'm, I'm right. I'm literally clinging by the skin of my teeth. My marriage, you know, my marriage is great right now. Uh, but how am I going to tell somebody how they should go about in a relationship? You know, like I barely have time to communicate to my husband. We were five months apart from each other last year. So I don't feel like I am because of the pandemic, not because mm-hmm. he's an asshole or anything. You know, he is great. Um, but I, it's like, how am I going to tell somebody else how to live? And not that life coaches do that. They, it's more act, active listening. It's just like, it's not just like therapy but it's similar enough to therapy that you are um, a participant in someone's, you're a coach. So you're kind of just cheering them on. You know what I mean? And um, I think that the transition, once I realized, oh, I can use this in creativity work and with the artist's way, that's where the alignment happened. So I, no, I sent you to Jody and I sent you to Olivia. <laughs> you, you, take, you know, you get those, those ladies, they can handle it. And like, thank the Lord for Jody too. I want to have her on the podcast. She's yeah. amazing. She's fierce. She's fierce. Yeah. Um, I'm actually curious if you have any stories of like people who've gone through the artist way, then like connecting and like creating and collabing together or like, oh, just, like, like really interesting stories about, about that. Yeah. So um, a couple years back, well, it, this was 2015. I had two golden groups. Um, and, and one of my groups, the first one that I actually started charging, which is interesting that that like the money energy of it and having this collaboration with 14 women, um, they're now all my co-producers, not all of them, but like five of them are my co-producers and, um, for all the creativity RX festivals, which I couldn't do it without people to help me, you know, um, and delegate what goes on because I really can't juggle that much in my life on my own. There's no way I've tried to, and it just doesn't work. And these women are savvy and smart and talented and gore- and gorgeous. Like I happen to only have gorgeous friends, I guess. I don't know what, I don't know what the world has done to me. That's my universe. Like it just sends me gorgeous people. And then, um, in two later in 2015, 
Tammy and Kathleen, uh, they had started in the same group and they were talking about the fact that uh, it was Halloween time and somebody had seen a woman crossing the street with a bunch of other women who were scantily clad for Halloween, like, like I always did. I was like, yeah, put me in a, in a tutu and <laughs> stilettos, <laughs> like great. Um, and nothing else. Um, but there's one woman in the group who was in a bunch of purple um, balloons that look like grapes. She was a bunch of grapes. And I mean, like, you're covering your entire body <laughs> in balloons. Like, it's not attractive <laughs> at all. And so, and my friend Kathleen, my client Kathleen was like, um, it was hysteric. Like, I kept on thinking, I want to be the grapes. <laughs> like, I want, that's what I want to do. And then Tammy, um, who had a son the same age as, as Aiden, um, Aiden's my, my first, um, she was like, what if a kid, you know, didn't want to be a superhero, didn't want to be the princess or the fairy, um, you know, for Halloween and wanted to be the grapes, what would that mean if they mm. just announced it? Like, I'm going to be the grapes. And everybody was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, that's not in the book, but they wrote a book together and Tammy wrote the, wrote the book and Kathleen illustrated. And now it's on Amazon. Oh my God. I know. It's so good. And then my other best friend, Megan Dolan, she, um, that same year, she found out that her son was diagnosed, uh, with Asperger's and, um, she went through the whole hundred days of it, that happens when a parent finds out that their child is autistic or has a learning disability or something like that. And, um, it was a huge shift for her and it was really traumatic in the beginning and then she just started writing everything down and meeting with the psychologist and she created her one woman show and she went on tour in 2019 and wow. and people now know about like I'll talk to women from my school my kid's school you know other mothers and I'll be like oh yeah my you know my friend wrote the show about her kid having and she was and people know who she is and I'm like oh rad and that all started that all started five years ago in artist way. I love that. I also yeah. want to chat about something you said at the beginning where you can't do it all by yourself. None of us can. And I, Jody just reminded me of that last week. She was like, you are driving yourself insane because you're trying to do literally every single thing by yourself. And so I was really proud of myself. I delegated a few things and oh my God, it was like, wait, like, yeah. like boulders lifting off of my shoulders. Yeah. When delegations work, they, they're the best. It's, it's when you delegate and then things fall through. <laughs> I know. It's like, okay, I could have done that myself like way faster, you yeah. know, but for the most part, because I have such incredible people working with me and they're all my friends, you know, like I'm not paying anybody right now as an employee, you know what I mean? Like they're, it's all just, Hey, can you do this? And, and we'll figure it out later. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I think that that was a major lesson of 2022 is like, we can't and should not be expected to do it all ourselves. I mean, I'm not a mom, I'm not a parent, but I've heard like through doing all of these groups and hearing all moms talk that like, it's just, you can't, you can't it's do it. Impossible. No, it's impossible. And anybody who says it's possible is lying. Honestly. It, they, have, they have nannies and like chefs and chauffeurs. Yes. <laughs> yes. And Julia Cameron, I don't know if she ignored her child or if, if she just, it, it was, you know, very fortunate 
very privileged probably, you know, I love her, but it, it, she never once mentions her kid. Yeah. In the book. I did, I, you know what? I actually didn't know that she had kids. Because... Yeah, I didn't either until just recently. Somebody told me. Hmm. I was like, okay, that doesn't make any sense, but. I love that. Okay. So um, where can people go to connect with you and sign up for the Artist's Way workshops and the new Facebook thing that you want to share about? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's not created yet because I'm delegating. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Yeah. Yay for delegation. Um, But we are going to have like yoga classes, meditation, cooking classes with Chef Carmen, who's my favorite person, like my second favorite person after Olivia in the wide world. Um, it's it may be some kids theater classes because Milena and I are doing those together. Um, and, it, but they have to buy a journal if they want to be grandfathered in. <laughs> That's the d- deal because it's eventually going to be like 10 bucks a month or something. It's going to be something, but we have to still figure all of that out. Um, but yeah, they can go to www.jenniferseifert and that's S-E-I. It doesn't make any sense. F-E-R-T.com. And that'll also be in our show notes. The link will be in our show notes. So you can go there too. Um, is it only on Facebook? I mean, not your website, but this thing, is it only going to be on Facebook? Because yeah. I'm not on Facebook. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, the platform, like, we'll figure it out. Like, it, yeah. it'll be probably Zooms and mm. webinars. You know what I mean? We'll figure it out. It's all still in process. It's all yeah. still in process. Like everything. I know. Like <laughs> life. Like yeah. Life in process. That's actually something that I've been reminding myself of is just like, there, like, I'm going to be growing for the rest of my life. Things are going to be changing for the rest of my life. I don't have to have everything figured out. It doesn't have to be perfect. Like I'm terrified to launch the podcast because then it becomes real. And I'm trying to talk myself down and be like, why? Like nothing, truly nothing's going to change other than people are going to hear the episodes. (laughs) So yeah, no, it's, and it's so, Zenia, you're so talented like that's the that's the scary part is when people who are talented and brilliant start to question themselves that's where I get scared because I'm like what happened that somebody this smart and this brilliant and exceptional at what they do is questioning how they're doing it you know what I mean as opposed to da 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 I think it's because we lose we lose that not innocence. I don't want to say innocence because that's overplayed, but that um, quality, well, Ken Robinson said it in the um, TED talk, kids don't worry about being wrong. So they're not fearing the mistakes that we were just talking about. And the mistakes are the gold. The mistakes are the gold. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And make some mistakes. (laughs) Okay. All right. Time for final five speed round. Oh my God. I don't Off know. the top of your head, what is the first thing you do in the morning? Um, I was going to lie uh, to you and say medit- I, that I meditate because <laughs> I have Olivia's on my thing and I meditate at least three times a day with Olivia's voice. Um, I do check my phone. Ugh. It's a habit I'm going to break. And I, I think I'm going to pledge that to our group because our last night is on Sunday. So I might say that it's going to be my big habit change because it's killing me. I appreciate that honesty, though, because I think that that's a thing that most people do and wouldn't want to admit. Well, my coach, Jen Pasteloff, was, and, and an acupuncturist, was encouraging me to sleep with my phone in the other room. 
And I, I have, you do that. Mm -hmm. So good. See, I, I don't know why I think that there's like my third arm. I don't get it. There's a, some sort of security blanket that I have with it, but I think it's causing me brain cancer. (laughs) Like I need it out. I need it out. Just, okay. I know this is speed round, but I don't care. (laughs) No, um, (laughs) I was telling that for me. Um, Try it for like three nights. Like, you know, like don't make the executive decision that it's like for the rest of your life. Just like do a test run and then you'll prove to yourself that it's a good thing. And you'll be paying you to be my life coach. That's what I should be doing right now. (laughs) Okay. I'll do it. I promise you I'll do it after Sunday. I'm going to, I'll make a promise. Okay. Okay. I'm going to hold you to it. Okay. Okay. What is one thing you do when you're feeling creative blocks? Um, I take a walk lately. I've been taking a walk every single day and I'm absolutely loving it. I have to take my cane because I've been having some issues and the drivers are really fast. So I've been shaking my cane at the driver, (laughs) like an old lady. I'm such an old lady. Um, but it really opens up, you know, I do the meditations on the walk. I, you know, I'm really thinking about abundance, just in general, abundance of joy and love and, and creativity. And I think that really helps. And sometimes in the shower, isn't that weird? In the the shower up with some epiphanies, like epiphanies where I'm like, that's a brilliant story. And I start to write it and it's not brilliant, but at least I get it down. You know what I mean? At least I get it down. Do you ever sing in the shower and think you sound so amazing? And then you go, and like, I've done this so many times. The bathroom has great acoustics. And then I try to record and I'm like, what? Well, see, you're a singer. I, I had to sing in a musical with Troubadour at, at Gary Marshall's theater. And um, I developed irritable bowel syndrome. <laughs> and I had to sing. And I was like, I have issues around singing. So yeah, maybe I should start singing in the shower, actually to get past that block. There's Glennon Doyle talks about the shower just being like a magical portal to like oh, embracing to... yourself and your life. And it's not, that's not what she talks, talks about, but like, that's how I interpreted it. It's yeah. Yeah. No, the shower is amazing because it's like everything else is shut off. Like we can't have our phone. I used, I used to take my phone into the shower and like text my friend. I was in middle school. Can't you get electrocuted or something? I, I could have and like probably should have for doing that. But yeah, but it's no, it's just, it's our time to be with ourselves and our thoughts. So of course the thoughts are going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Okay. What is one thing you've learned through creating Creativity Rx? Um, that honestly, this is going to sound cheesy, but I can do anything I put my mind to. Yes. Because I, I for years was like, I can't have a space. I got a space. I have an art, you know, I had an art studio that I would operate out of. I, I can't produce festivals like, because I, I would always think, oh, these artist wares are the most phenomenal talents I've ever met. And wouldn't it be fun to have a showcase? And I'm like, I can't do that. And then what do I do? I was like, I have to do it. I have to do it because it's a burning desire. And I love to be, a, I love producing actually. It's one of my favorite things in the world is producing. So Yeah. I'll have you produce my music videos. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I, not now because time, but I'm going to, I have to tell you about my ideas for them. I'm stoked. Uh, what is, okay. What is one thing or what are you most proud of with Creativity Rx? 
I am, I am most proud of the festivals and the work that we do and the, and the money that we raise, because I do think that it's made a difference. I think like with, when we did um, lunch on me and it was for the unhoused people in LA, I mean, they're feeding them organic food. It, it, and it's, it's like, yes, I, I love that we flipped the um, Senate and we raised the most money that we ever have with our online um, festivals, which was amazing because there was no, you know, I didn't have to pay for anything except the webinars thing. So it's like uh, the, the humanitarian work that we're doing and, and the philanthropies, I think is the most important thing. And I love it so much that we've been able to merge it with this idea of healing ourselves too. I love that. What's one piece of advice you have for a blocked creative? To start something, to start something, to literally start anything, an action, doodling, um, drawing. I sat down with my kids the other day and drew, I, I don't draw, you know, and I made the most beautiful tree. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, tree. Um, it, I think it's just about doing and getting out of your own way and not, and telling, you know, Elizabeth Gilbert says it, tell fear to take a seat, you know, thank you fear for being here. You've protected me in the past from the lions in prehistoric times, but I'm not gonna die by moving into my creativity. I might actually create something that's useful for the world. Amazing. I love it. Thank you so much. Oh, for being here. oh my God. Like truly you're such a light. Like I look up to you probably more than anybody else in the oh, <laughs> Amazing. I love you. I'm so happy that we got to do this. I'm so happy that you asked. I was oh. like, I I just I was surprised when you asked because um I, I don't know why I was surprised, but I was like, oh, of like it didn't even take me a second. I was like, of course doesn't make any sense not to. So, yes. Family, if you are looking for creative connection, healing through creative creativity, like 10 out of 10, recommend taking a class with Jen. Um, go to her website, www.jenniferseifert.com. I cannot speak. It's fine. And you have, there's Don't fear mistakes. Stuff. Don't fear mistakes, Damia. Gold. <laughs> Gold. Just make sure the E and the I, the I is after the E. It makes no sense. <laughs> and you're also on Instagram at creativityrx. Um, check it out. Yeah, yeah. The X is after that R. It's all fucked up, but you know, you'll figure it all, out. Yeah, all of this is in show notes, so you'll find it. Yay. Yay. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you have enjoyed your time today. Please take a minute to press that subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, Audible, Google Play. And if you liked today's episode, please rate and leave a review. It would mean so much to me and it helps more listeners like you find this podcast. You can connect with our guests and myself on social media. All of our information and more is listed in the description of this episode. I'm your host, Senya. See you next time.